Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh. I've got my co-host, Loremaster Denim, with me today. Howdy, howdy. And I've got Paint Bay Dustin. How you doing, fellas? And we are the Mech Bay Podcast, your number one source for all things casual to competitive tabletop battletech. But today, we are breaking from our bread and butter and jump jetting into that controversial subject we all know as the lore. We do like bread and butter. Yeah. I'm a tabletop kind of guy. Don't expect me to read. <laughs> Bro, I can't read. I only know how to add up to 12 and roll dice. <laughs> and all probabilities there enough. Yes. Uh, but first, as always, let's get that hobby coolant flushing out with some hobby news, hobby progress, games played, upcoming events, and some fan mail. Woohoo. Fan uh-huh. mail. Ooh, we got all fan right, mail. So we got fan mail. We got multiple fan mail, but I'm saving some of it. But uh, right. first, the Battletech news. So we got our last episode out, and we had a big old drop, which is always what happens, I swear. Guys, come on. Catalyst essentially laid out their 2024 plan, which is crazy. Like, what? hey, first, kind of what kind of company is doing that? Like, this is all Just the product. Just down roadmaps? Yeah. yeah. Full roadmap. Like, this is all the product that we have, like, guaranteed planned for this year. They're starting up the hype train. Choo-choo. I, I know, but it's just like so like boom, here you go. This is the roadmap. Like they yeah. they were like, this is this is not everything, but it's the bulk. But we're getting all of this. But we're like, getting all of this. Other things I mean, may change. Like we're get not excited. Really, yeah. I think they know everybody's gotta, you know, budget, look at the spreadsheet, make some adjustments, make sure they have their finances for the year covered. I mean, I'm <laughs> buying a house this year. I can only afford one of everything instead of three of everything. It's crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh! How are you going to handle? Kids I don't. I don't dropping? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least I've already paid for the bulk of my Kickstarter. You get nothing else. No, <laughs> make me sad. No, unacceptable. Oh, but so we they kind of reiterated all the things we kind of knew we were getting. Like we already knew we were getting those Star League packs, which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. And they talked about that on stream, so it was kind of that we had known the new stuff though is they we saw pictures of the 40th anniversary cover box sets so that is the a game of armor combat and the beginner box have new sweet covers did, did these are just the discussions about that hmm? that no. like the awesome on there is firing purple ppcs Ooh. i had seen a meme today and i was like why are why are we talking about the ppc color that, that doesn't make sense <laughs> There is a subset of the Grognard who all believe that specific weapons have specific colors. The the medium laser is red. The uh, the no the small laser. Sorry, damn it. <laughs> He's already laser. wrong. Yeah. Yep. You know the the small laser is red. The medium laser is green. The large laser is blue. The PPC is a blue weapon, um, uh-huh. and these this awesome is firing purple PPCs. I believe Scroggins uh, chimed in and said. CGL does not have dedicated colors for dedicated <laughs> weapons, so stop. Also, it is a blue PPC. You just happen to be in a in a uh, an atmosphere that has a lot of magenta, which makes the, yeah. the blue PPC turn purple. So, physics. That, that would that's, actually 
I was actually going to say, looking at that, I was like, oh, we got some nice teal and like red, like skies going on. This is like alien world kind of stuff. Mm. So, so, so both we don't care and B, you're wrong. <laughs> both of them. Yeah. And House Merrick installs uh, PPC purple fires and all their PPCs make sure they're glorious Merrick purple. That's right. But it looks good. I love, I love those box. I mean, I'm going to have to get box sets all over again. And they're purple-ish. People were upset about this. Oh my goodness. Nah, I, uh, people are going to get upset about anything. That's, I, I mean, I promise it's Sunday we gotta, we gotta have a fight about something, right? It's, it's, it's all good fun. But if you look closely, that's Star League. Who knows which Star League, but probably yeah. not, probably not your, your granddad's Star League. Mm-hmm. Those are beautiful covers. And it's just a reskin, right? These are yeah. the same, right. Every, same, same, same stuff in the box, just a nice. different looking box. Excellent. What else we got, Josh? Legendary battle mats. Because, you oh, know, boy. legendary battle mechs was cool, but legendary battle mats. So we have battle mats, misery. And Battle Mats, Thunder Rift, and Twycross. And uh, so these are double-sided. We got Misery slash Thunder Rift is one of them. The other one is, let's see, Twycross and Great Gash. So I know about Thunder Rift. Misery is where all the uh, whatchamacallisms died, right? The, the Wolfstragoons. <laughs> the Wolfstragoons, yeah. those guys. On, on the lore podcast, all the whatchamacallisms yeah. die. <laughs> those guys. Um, I, I'm actually light on my Dragoons. All my Dragoons knowledge is adjacent from non-Dragoon stuff. Twycross, Plane of Curtains and Great Gash. That's where Mr. Um, Victor Steiner Davian got knocked out, right? Because they didn't want him to stay there. They knew they were losing it to the Falcons. Anyways. But yeah, so we can't see. like they're, they, they did not preview the actual like mats, like mm-hmm. color, terrain, or whatever. I'm going to go with Misery. It's going to be a terribly snowy place. Thunder Rift is going to be a big lake with a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. That's a clay. That's a clay. And we're going to have a clay. Yeah. The Twycross. It's going to be what? Just a big cannon with rocks. Oh, is that that big storm? It's a big dust storm. Big dust storm situation. I don't, yeah, there, was a, I don't, um, there was a Twycross map in the reinforcements box set. The one that came with all of the uh, the cardboard cutout mechs of like like hundreds of them. I don't know what you're talking about. Is this well, from before my time? No, this was no? Uh, this this was definitely not before your time. Okay, it came out after the last the the first Kickstarter. I'm fashionably aloof. We have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box set. It's a box set called called Reinforcements. Okay. Yeah, and I have no idea what the Great Gash is, but it's it's going to be in here. So it's on Twycross. It took me a while to find it. Yeah, I'd never actually. I don't think I've seen that one on the table. Yeah, I've got it. I just haven't brought it in to play. Wow! On. Wow! Here I am playing on the same three Grasslands maps. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> It's your fault. Looks like we've got a new BFM. Yes, sir. It's it's big. It's I'm mappy. excited. It's it's something that F stands for. <laughs> yep. And this one is uh, the city on one side and the lunar on the other side. So the new the new city map pack that's coming out 
it's got eight of those maps because I believe there's 12, there's six double-sided map sheets. So eight of those put together is going to make one side. And then the other side is all a bunch of cool lunar stuff. I'm sure some of it we've never seen because I don't think we have eight maps of lunar yet. Yeah. We have two. Well, four, two, two battle maps. So that's four, four maps. Yeah. I'm still scarred from my first experience with a lunar battle map. Were you there for the low atmosphere? No, it wasn't that. It's I thought it looked super awesome. I bought it's one of the two battle mats I own, the first lunar one, and uh, it's really hard to read when you get down to brass tacks. For me, I don't, your experience might be different. But oh no, like the levels no. and stuff hard to read. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. And if you go around to the other side of the map, you get this inverse. So it looks like they're going down into the table instead of up. Uh-huh. It's uh, yeah, you can, you can get some serious, uh, weird, yeah. weird visual effects. Yeah. It was like, Oh, smash that buy button. This looks super dope. And then I played a game. Oh, on I it and love it. Like, Wait, but which, it's, which yeah. are you on? A little hard to read, but I hundred percent need some, uh, need some 3d terrain on that. Just, just yeah. to help out. I was actually going to say, that's the only map I have not seen 3D terrain made for, and it's the one that yeah, it, it needs the most. the most. And I'm just like, <laughs> why have all of the 3D printer people failed us like completely? They had literally one job, make the worst map playable. Yeah, it's got some weird edge pieces too. So, um, I mean, they're they're coming. They're for sure coming. But uh, oh, For sure, but it's been how many years since this one's been out? I don't know. I'm bad with time. <laughs> it's been a while. I saw a picture of like a section of the city map and I was like, that's just one giant hill with an HVG tower on it. Like I was like, that's not city. That's six and a half maps in one HVG tower on a hill. I want my money back. No comment. I saw it. I, I liked it. I thought the, the map looked really cool because it's got like a city surrounding the HG, HPG center. HPG. And yeah, the HPG is probably the size of a map. Yeah. Big old line of sight blocker. But but that's fine because eight maps of just city, like that's a lot of that's a lot of city. So it's nice to have a little bit of a little bit of a break to have an objective in there. If you if you only want city, just play on half of the map. So, <laughs> or or just just cover the HPG with with random buildings. That works too. Hell yeah, you could do that. What was I going to say? What are you taking to the city map fight? I mean, jumpers for sure. <laughs> Stuff that jumps a lot. My my jump ten spider. That's going in there. Just C three is sometimes fun in a city <clears throat> if yeah, if you've yeah. got enough ECCM. I'm taking all protomex. I don't have to worry about skidding rules. Oh. Half of them got jump jets. They can turn at full speed. It's perfect. Yeah, but they can't jump over buildings. They still have to go around them. I mean, if the building's small enough, they can jump over it. Any- <laughs> it's going to be a tiny building. <laughs> can you? Can your? Can the jump three shadowhawk jump over the building? No, I don't. I don't take that one. But yeah, no. No. just the, the jump I'm ten gonna, spider can. I'm going to divide the battle value by infantry platoons and get pennies and write numbers on them and just have a wave of infantry push down the map and walk no, through just the have buildings. Them in every single building, every oh, single yeah. building has infantry barricaded mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, there's so many <laughs> real world city fight references I could make, but I just won't. Uh, <laughs> but I will enjoy playing lots of missions in the city one. I, I'm oh. looking forward to the entire lunar side being 3d printed for sure oh yeah 
All right. Uh, the next thing we've got prices for the forest manuals. Like we knew the forest manual, Davian and the forest manual, Karita and then mercenaries were coming out and we've got a price for uh thirty nine ninety nine. So I'm pretty happy with that for print. Thirty nine ninety nine. That's that's like more expensive than a forty k codex, isn't it? Uh, oh no 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 <laughs> no no no. Seems seems a little pricey. Oh, that's right. It's been a while since I bought a codex. They are like they've been fifty bucks for a while, haven't 50 they? Fifty or plus. Fifty. Fifty plus. or plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Did you? What do you always say? Nobody out pizzas the hut. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> out pizzas the GW. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. These okay, so these are at least ten dollars cheaper. Uh, well, it's been a while since I bought a codex, so that means they're sixty bucks now, right? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so they say May twenty twenty four for Force Manual Davian coming out first, and okay. it says quote at the bottom, a faction force building source book. So you'll have histories, tactics, units, crests, paint schemes, and notable personnel, special rules for unique character abilities, faction-specific rules, force building options, and a mini technical readout. Hmm. I'm really excited for the faction-specific rules because that's the like the codexy part of this. There's lots of overlap in the other sections, I think, but if this, I mean, we could talk about we could definitely talk about force manuals tonight in our main subject, I think they would definitely come up. Talk about how this overlaps and the different kinds of uh, fluff and books you can get. But the part I'm most excited about is definitely the, the special rules for alpha strike classic and special units. Right. That is important to note that that these books are uh, geared for both total warfare and alpha strike play. So, Oh, so they are excellent. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, I w- might wait. Uh, Davian, House Davian is my least favorite of the five, the big five. So I might wait until the next one comes out or the Merrick one comes out. But You will be sad later if you do not have all of them on your shelf for that time that you need one. <sighs> I guess, I guess. Because we'll have to wait for till sometime in the summer, essentially, for Karita. I mean, we have to wait till the summer for this one, right? Is May. May? May is technically Okay, I guess spring. it's spring. Okay, all right, all right. I'm from the South, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, interesting art on the cover of this. Looks different. Neither here nor there. We've got McCarran's Armored Cavalry Assault Lance. So this one we did not know about when they gave us all like the Star League Lance Packs. This will right. be another Lance Pack this is a Tianzong, a Repose Black Knight, a new variant of the Awesome, and a Jumping Star Slayer. So, <laughs> another Black Knight for your collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, I mean, I do hope it's cooler than a non-premium Black Knight. I guess, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's just a Repose. So, hmm. Mm. But all, so far, I like all the Reposes. Like the reposing they do is actually great yeah i wonder what the new awesome maybe the four ppc awesome oh that'd be awesome oh damn it (laughs) (laughs) there's there's one that takes like kind of a hatamoto or not hatamoto a um 
doesn't matter. There's one that has the LRMs and the PPCs. Maybe oh yeah, the, the uh, LRM 15, awesome. Yep, LRM 15, awesome. The discount Mahler. Yeah, yeah. Dis- ah, there you go. Not the Hatamoto, the Mahler discount Mahler. Yes. And you didn't even that give us says- yeah, so LRM 15s and large lasers instead of the classic PPCs. Right, right. I'm excited for Star Slayer. So second Star Slayer. And that is slated for third quarter, third quarter, and that is going to be another Barnes and Noble exclusive. Ooh. Yeah. Hit up your local BNN. Mm-hmm. Uh what are our thoughts on the Tianzong? That is going to be 3090. Yeah, that's the Two Goss rifle, Capellan uh, mech. Nice. Uh, I, there's a lot of Capellan mechs I just like. I'm not a Capellan player, but I've thrown them down on the table. They've, they've got a lot of really cool mechs. They, they really do. They do. So starting with the classic fashionable aesthetic of the Raven and the Catapult. I mean, can't complain. Bring me more mechs. I mean, it's a Dark Age model. So like, it's one of those like retro models it's not a clicky tech model so i'm okay with it you you got some cappy stuff going on are you gonna throw it on with your uh luay bing and your men shen josh maybe i don't know the fact that i have i've owned like capella and stuff for this long and haven't done anything is kind of sad so maybe i'll just like turn them into literally mccarran's which a big mac is cool which is technically what <laughs> the, the lot that i bought them from it was like guys big mac project and he was like oh i'm not having fun with this do you want it and i was like sure so it'd just be like they were always destined to be max they were i mean mccarran's armored cavalry is like i get the feeling that they're one of the most popular units people like with the the cappies they do yeah so that's a that's a no barnes and noble exclusive i'm happy i'm fine i just accept it now like i'm not gonna really like well, financially, it makes sense for them to do that. So, the companies are pretty much paying upfront, like yeah, for these products. So it's like us getting them is whatever we want, whatever they want. That's fine. Yeah, we wouldn't be getting this box unless Best Buy, God, Barnes and Noble paid for it. So, I'm okay with that. I'll probably get two because I can, and Denim can't. And that's what's important. Is Josh being able to do something that I can't? That's true. <laughs> I get it. All right. Uh, we've got a Hotspots Hinterlands uh, sk- slated for September 2024. What are the Hotspots and specifically what is Hinterlands? It's it's like campaign type of uh, backgrounds and missions, th- things like that. Uh, works well if you're doing uh, an RPG campaign, but also works well if you're just doing a, uh, a standard chaos campaign type thing. But uh, Hotspots was a was a series that came out a long time ago, and this is just just more on that. Um, this is specifically Elklan era stuff for for the campaigns, but the hinterlands themselves, like. Zuditen has some stuff. I don't know. Like like I don't know what the hinterlands itself. It, it, it is a region of space created when the Jade Falcons vacated its occupation zone. It's sandwiched in between. So it's a little bit of Liren, a little bit of Clan Hell's horses, and some Rossel Hog. And I guess leftover Falcon. Kelhounds, Kelhounds zones. It seems like uh, an expansion on 
like Tamar Rising, because that's that whole area too. Makes sense, kind of. I mean, that's that's where the first real source book thing was. From the cycle, yeah, yeah, definitely. So now we're going back to see what's going on. Yep. All right. Next, we've got some Battle Mech Technical Blueprints Volume 1. So I guess these are like... The like, posters? Yeah, the posters, like the blue technical, blue, literally blueprint right. of mm, the okay. old school mechs. But the ones that I have it, hanging up in my garage. Yeah, yeah, the ones that like that Warhammer is totally a Warhammer and not a Macross thing. <laughs> so this will like be updated art for that. Yep. Um, so we have the Phoenix Hawk, the Warhammer, the Timberwolf, and the Direwolf, which kind of makes sense to me. Mm. Two totally IP protected mechs and two clan mechs. So there you go. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I'm excited about new blueprints. I am. Uh, they got ridiculously crazy on eBay for a while, so just oh, having really? new, new reprints is going to be is going to be great, especially Can't if it's you know, up, upgraded artwork. We've got the Brush War series coming back, and that's sometime in 2024. Now, I wasn't around for the original Brush Wars. I've heard about the Brush Wars. I see SLDF Max, lots of stingers and locusts. <laughs> But yeah, this just looks like a more expansion of the Succession Wars era. But this one is going to have different different eras. Like there's stuff from the Succession Wars. There's also stuff from uh, like between the end of the Jihad and the HPG blackout. Like there's there's different eras um, on the same place. So you can have several different battles with different you know with, with different uh, types of mechs. But so so you know, kind of like how Legacy went went through the whole history of that one grasshopper. Uh, this will take one zone and say, here are four different battles that happened mm-hmm. in this area in different in different time periods. Okay, so more of a maps with arrows on it kind of campaign assistance document source uh, book slash history history book. A little bit of yeah. everything. It sounds like I'm excited. Excellent. All right. Man, that's that a lot is of stingers. <laughs> a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff coming down the uh, the old twenty twenty four tubes, and plus apparently some things we don't even know about. So it's, right. it will be an exciting year. Any other news for from Catalyst? I don't think so. All right, so let's move on to some hobby progress. Hobby progress. I'll lead off. Uh, I painted five mechs. That's a star. Did you paint a star or did you? I've technically painted a Lance plus one. Technically, if we get even further, I painted a, what's 12? Regiment? Company? No, it's a company. Okay, company. thank you. Thank you. Uh, I painted a company base coated, like base colors. Like that's done. Nice. And I like did the detail work for five. Uh, so from last episode, my Uziel and Hollander assembled all those guys. And I like fully painted them. Like they are fully detailed everything cockpits whatever anything i do now is just because i can not because i need to but they are done like i was like whoa how am i getting so much done and i have to thank magnum danger on the discord for Mm. running his war on gray plastic where he's just like yeah it's it's a challenge now you gotta get you gotta essentially bet what you can paint at the start Ah. of the month and i was like you know i got a week left in february or january i can i can get that done 
And I got one more done than I intended, technically. Yeah. It's always good to have a little structure. The hobby time can needs all the help it can get. So you, just getting your butt in the chair and getting you know the tools out and actually sitting down and then work happens. It just, you know, it kind of, you're like, oh shoot, I actually did some work. Nice. Even if it's just an hour or so and it, it all adds up. So a little bit of structure always helps a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a hangout. Yeah, it's good to see. But yeah, this was my first time technically painting like red or orange. So mm-hmm. that was a new learning process for me. Like I did new color, new color. I base coated gray. Cause that's, that's, where I feel comfortable, I guess. Like, I, that's what I'm good at. I can start from a gray and go anywhere. Uh, then I took it to a nice brown. And then I I literally used, like, one of those contrast-style paints. Like, I used the brightest fluorescent orange and just did, like, the teeniest, tiniest coat on it. Mm-hmm. And that, like, built it up. It gave it, like, this weird tone that I kind of liked. It's yeah. not what I originally went for, but I liked it when I was done. And I just dry brushed it up from there to, like, almost like a like an orangish red. Yeah. So that I had like, of course set apart, like I had two centurions. So I was like, all right, cool. We're going to do a test model for one of these did hated the first one that came out. I was like, Oh, this is God awful. Like, no, but by the third centurion, (laughs) I think I nailed it. It wasn't so bad. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Choose your least favorite mech, make it a test model. Absolutely. Carry it through. All right, Dustin, what did you get done? I painted a model. I painted one. I have scheduled a tournament many months ago. (sighs) Unfortunately, like for the weekend after I ended up closing on a house, I'm not past tensing that in the future. I will be closing. And then the next weekend I'll be going to this tournament. It's an infinity tournament. I, the, organizer i reached out and asked if i could paint a model for the price support and i said sure so i painted a jotum for those who know you know and you can see it on the discord i just posted it our hobby progress or sorry wooden spoon progress channel and finds the uh the, the painting but that's all i did my hobby desk was like literally packed up except for the brushes i and paints i needed to finish that model and now the rest of it is packed away so there will be no more hobby progress for the month of March. When was, was the last February? time? When was the February. last time you painted BattleTech, Dustin? Legally? Legally? It was probably for Southern Assault. Yeah. Now, it w- w- the hobby progress I did do is BattleTech adjacent because I'm <sighs> already like building up and exploring next year's Southern Assault paint scheme. So. You will see some variation, probably, of this paint scheme on my Southern Assault Force in 2024. So I spend like a year cooking my paint scheme, usually. And this is the beginning of that. So that I don't want to make it, you feel bad on air. Ah, I don't stuff. feel bad. That's all good. I, mean, I, I don't want to come off as a dick on air. How about that? There. There you go. <laughs> Then I'm like, be honest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me sound bad. We need to cut it. (laughs) All right. 
Denim, did you get anything painted up or are you in moving packing mode too? I got a rock. No, I I, I definitely didn't get any painting done because I don't have any paints or brushes or palettes yep. or anything away. right now. Y'all bringing dishonor to this house. I know. I know. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your house. <laughs> dishonor on your family. Is that? That's Mulan, right? Yeah. It's Mulan and a meme. And it's both. Yeah. Excellent. All right. That's hobby progress. Yeah. All it's right. Let's creeping go to along. The- <laughs> I should say my other hobby progress is I finally like wrote down six quick missions for like pickup play. Cause like yeah, nice. I actually had two people at the store that I talked to were like, Hey, 7,500 BV on a like weekday is fine. But like, I need to do something else and I need to like, do no, it has to be no homework possible so like not campaign not build a force not i need more variety in the pickup game yeah spice life some more spice in the pickup game life i'll get there eventually and we tried a btcc like because i'd gotten the uh adepticon list for 2024 and we we got frustrated because we spent 10 minutes trying to determine what the mission actually wanted us to do and i was like how is this an entire page devoted to one mission and we don't know what it wants us to even do like it is written so not technically but verbosely mm. i was like i was like they could add a picture and it would would have been better but uh so me and them kind of like talked through some stuff we made a quick little uh objective mission and it worked out pretty well and then i was like cool let's let me just write this down so we can keep playing this then i was like oh well let me just throw in dustin's triangle tournament missions and really just go from there so i was like cool and i was like six missions one piece of paper as fast and easy as you can get whatever whatever you want like i i don't care i just need to roll something besides kill so so that was more like that was like mental hobby progress for me yeah I definitely feel like here at the MacBay podcast, we are strong proponents of don't just kill. Just game three, like get one, two, maybe three learning games in and then branch out immediately. <laughs> it's it's going to make the game much more enjoyable. Unless you really like to just kill, then I'm not here to stop you from doing that. I mean, that's what my whole Solaris games are about. Just kill. But they're Solaris, so it's different. Yeah. Only kill. Only kill. Yeah. But yeah, so, but for games played, I actually got three games in. Three. 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 That's right. Three. Three. That's big three. That's impressive. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting games in in 2024, like more games than I want. <laughs> I want them all. That's the problem. My first game was against Scott, and we played a 7,500. So we took that BTC C mission and we're like, hey, we can make this like a normal fun mission. So we just took four objectives. We made them like sticky. So as soon as you touched it, it's captured until someone else walks on. I was like, that's great. Like it, you, you're not having to play turret tech on an objective. Like we're better than that. So we did that. I took a Toyama, a Gurkha, a small APC, some purifiers and an Excalibur. And I did not link anything C3I. I was like, no, we're just skill skill up. It's better. Mm. And he took a Kodiak, a Vulture, and I want to say just a 
meat clan medium elemental. Yeah, they're not elementals. They're just clan medium battle armor, which are weird. I don't. I don't understand that process. Clan medium battle armor. Yes. I'm. I mean, I'm not even familiar with the weight classes, but yeah. I mean, technically, elementals are a medium. Okay. Right. Right, Denim. I'm looking at yeah, you. Okay. They really are. Oh, okay. <laughs> so some elemental adjacent. Stuff. What is it? They are SRM threes, no laser, I think, or they are a flamer and an SRM three. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm, I'm trying. Anyways, so that was a fun game. Like I said, we played the objectives. My Toyama with the Gauss rifle was just like lining it up. I was where like line him up and knocking him down. I, he never knocked him down, but he did oh, okay. get some sweet Gauss across the map shots when he should not have. Oh, nice. But That's he pretty much better. like was able to stay exactly seven hexes away. So he was getting like perfect lrms and perfect mm. Gauss rifles it was it was beautiful when it works it works and i'm like oh the sniper support mech it works uh my excalibur though trash i tried the rack five one again trash absolute garbage is that how many times you put it on the table uh two and so it's staying in the garbage can i'm no the problem is i will just be happier <laughs> no it's too good i'm just gonna keep complaining about it no the problem really is good, but i can't admit it ever I was like, every time I was like, oh, I'm this range. And I was like, this is the regular Excalibur's optimum range. And I was like, oh, and then, then I got I hit by a bunch of missiles. And I was like, oh, man, guess what? This one doesn't have the AMS the standard model has. Like, it's one of those like I can my I'm mentally designed to run it as the standard Excalibur, not the Rack 5 variant. And I was like, OK, I see the problem here. I was born for this one variant not the rack five so rack five's going back in the trash but i'm still keeping the excalibur i like that yeah but now we know why so that's yeah. good exactly it's the variant that's wrong not the mech uh, I, that's not what i heard but okay <laughs> there was a sweet moment where the vulture was like super crippled and was coming at me and the excalibur it had take it's lost a leg like it had taken that much damage lost a leg and i was like what do i need to stand up oh just a 10 up easy roll it box cars he stands up and he's like i got one last shot this vulture's like got no armor left anywhere it's got a broken gyro anything will take it out i with every single one of those shots <laughs> i was like wait you tell him you can stand up with a completely like no leg one leg that's it but you can't hit short range with an ER medium laser with a targeting computer with a target with the targeting computer. with the T comp. I was like, come on. But yeah, the Gurkha got stomped by the Kodiak. The purifiers got eaten alive. Like they dropped out of the truck. The Kodiak was like, mm, how many troopers you got? Six. Guess how many ER medium lasers I got? Six. How much health do you got? Seven. Ooh, let's roll this. And he hit every single purifier as soon as they came out the APC. It's like, yeah, that one's on me. I'll I'll own up to that mistake. Battle armor. Those men had families, Josh. <laughs> families. <laughs> families. They didn't want to see what came next. Yeah, by the end of it, my my APC was on their one hex away from their back objective before the medium battle armor flamed it and got an immobilization i was like oh my gosh 
<laughs> Almost. Yeah. I mean, it had already taken one objective, so I wasn't complaining. But the fact that it was one hex away, and I, I had looked through the rules. So I was like, the battle armor is on, like, in between the hex. Can I run through it? And I was like, no. Can I charge them? And it was like, no. I was like, come on, rules. Let me just plow through these battle armor. They're just right there. <laughs> I'm so bad. And I'm now thinking, can you charge through battle armor? I know you can't go through uh, protomechs. It's true. But no, it, it said the Total Warfare, as far as I read, it did not let the vehicle charge the battle armor. You could not charge infantry. Okay. That was the problem. They were counted as infantry. So, yeah. So that one, I think I won that one with the Kodiak just getting to my rear objective. So, and the Toyama giving chase. So it was, it was, it was a fun game of cat and mouse. I then got to play Neil. That was another 7,500 point game. That one, we also played one of my written up missions. That was like, you play subjectives, but that's not actually where it goes. Like kind of think like you roll for the fall and then you roll for distance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they they scatter. They scatter like as soon as you put them and then the game starts they scatter. So it's kind of like oh I hope I put it like somewhere that it's not going to get screwed. So that one I took out my Lyrans for the first time. I took my yeah brand new brand new year brand new faction. Yep, I had yep. a Wolfhound, a Blackjack. I took a Hollander, a Centurion, and a Uzeal. And nice. I guess, and I technically took a Finrear and Rottweiler battle armor. So I was running like an all Civil War force. Okay. And Neil rolls up to the table and he's like, hey, it's been a while since I've played. This is my list. And he's got a Longbow, a Victor, a Banshee, and a Stalker. Nice. And that Longbow is the one that has the uh, MML 7s. Yeah. With- with Artemis, he's got like Ooh. like nine of them or something. He's yes. got a lot, stupid amount, and it's, he, it's great. And he was like, and just just to throw it in, I've got this medium pulse jumping spider as well. I was like, Neil, Neil, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? <laughs> Come on, man. So so we played. Uh, I called it airdrop objectives, and look, I had we roll. He got the side of the grasslands that had all the good level three hills. Mm-hmm. I did not. I was like, we got one chance. We run across no man's land. That poor wolfhound was like internal in two locations, had a busted up ER medium laser, was like, had fallen. I was like, buddy, buddy, you're the only one here who can get across that line. <laughs> get up, he boy. Uh, he did. And that was a wild game. The Uzeal jumped, fired, missed with like everything. But one of the SRMs critted the foot of the victor. <laughs> SRM to the foot. SRM to the foot. Victor falls. And I was like, okay, that side's clear. My Hollander. I took the Hollander with a heavy Gauss rifle. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, indeed. That man, I was like, you going left. You got to go wide, man. Turn one, doesn't, doesn't shoot. He's just running. Turn two, doesn't shoot. He's just really? running. Turn three, he runs into a like right adjacent to a woods. He's got the Banshee that it ran up to an- another like sniping position. So this Hollander three, four pilot. I'm, I'm not crazy. Okay. Firing through woods through another woods with partial cover at a target with a team of one. I need nines to hit. I was like, and I've ran and I was like, okay, mm. firing a heavy Gauss rifle at run. 
It's I, plus two for a light, right? It's a medium Hollander. They, they had a, oh, medium. Okay. Had it's a Hollander. You on. keep saying Hollander. It's a Hollander two. That's Hollander it's two. A, okay. It's, yeah, it's not a light Hollander. Mech. It's all so it's Hollander. A, it's a plus it's, one. Yes. Okay. I was like, for cool. The, for the PSR. For the PSR. I was like, I okay. need the roll. I get a nine. Nice. I hit the partial cover. I, yep. I get a five. And all I can imagine is the side of that mountain just getting blown off. It was exactly six X's away, short range, 25 damage. That Banshee next turn puts it in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to back up. (laughs) The Banshee also has a heavy Goss, and he is more scared of the Hollander that is no fear. Yeah, no fear. So he's a little Chihuahua. Yeah. (laughs) Next turn, that Hollander leaps up onto that hill, pretty much where that Banshee was, puts 25 points right into its leg. Oh, nice. Yeah. You get a PSR. You get a PSR. It had just enough armor left that I had sent my, was it Centurion and Wolfhound after that? They took out like literally everything in that Banshee's leg. Like it was, it was still alive. Like the leg is still there, but there is nothing internal anymore. Like Mm -hmm. all of it was gone. That was after they, of course, like, oh, I can't run away from heavy grass rifle. I'll run towards it. So they were getting ready to kick me. And I was like, it fell. I was so happy. But the Hollander is, of course, right there. I was like, what does the Hollander do now? It picks a different target because it can't shoot with a plus four, like <laughs> minimum range. So mm-hmm. it targets that longbow with so many MMLs fresh. I have not put a shot on it yet. I roll. I boxcar. I put 25. Oh, I no. Put, it was medium. I put 20 points straight through the clean longbow's cockpit. Oh, and you nice. could see Neil's face just like... <laughs> Really? <laughs> you can't complain too much because that that uh, that longbow has has destroyed heavier mechs than it in, in one turn. Oh, so, you know, like what comes around goes around. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> like the longbow had literally like every had hit with every MML against the wolfhound the previous turn. Ooh. It does work. It it there wasn't a lot left of the wolfhound. So me getting a clean like cut on the longbow, fine. I'm, I accept that. The Uziel died to, was it a torso hit from the Stalker? I mean, the Stalker's just playing in the backfield. It's what it does. Uziel's, I keep feeling the Uziel's a heavy mech and it's a medium. It doesn't have the armor to tank three assaults. Did for a couple terms, not that long. But uh, by the time the battle armor had got up, gotten up, they had critted the Gauss rifle and the Victor, done the ammo explosion, or not the ammo explosion, the Gauss explosion. Two pilot hits. He had fallen, got another pilot hit from the foot and another pilot hit from that fall. So at that point, he's like four or five pilot hits. I was like, Victor's never waking up. Banshee's down with no leg and there's a dead longbow. The only thing that I had neglected this entire game was the spider, his stupid jumping spider, just grabbing mm-hmm. my objectives. My poor little blackjack trying to chase the spider down. Yeah. I had taken... AP ammo on this blackjack. With the oh no. no! Oh no! You needed. You should have the... taken precision ammo with the target computer. I, wanted, I had taken it for the AP. I was like, I want to put AP rounds and some assaults, and I was like, No, you're only getting to get to use precision against it. And I was like, Come on, man! I took the AP for a reason. So, 
yeah, the, the spider wasn't looking great, but it still like jumped to all of my objectives. So I was like, oh, fine. So by the end of it, he had, was up on objective points, but he technically only had a stalker left. A, a strategic victory. Yes. He paid for that victory in men and metal. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do a quick one. My last game. Was I, against- I do. I want to interrupt and say that is the most work I've ever heard of a Hollander doing. I've exclusively only <laughs> seen Hollanders catch some fire and fall over and die. <laughs> that is all I ever see Hollanders do. So you know, it was my go to that in commander too, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I was literally, I was like, I need to buy a Hollander right now. And I, Scott, in the previous game, I was like, yeah, I just bought a Hollander. And he was like, Hollanders don't kill. They do kind of like dictate where enemies want to go and don't want to go. And I was like, no, 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 that ain't me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a rundown assault. <laughs> and I mean, the best was I'm firing the Goss at like a different target, standing next to a target that he's karate chopping. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This, I'm getting more money out of this Hollander than any other mech on the field right now. Like I see, like I said, I've I've never seen that before. So nice. Yeah, I have drank from the well of the 20 damage point firing mm-hmm. and it tastes good, folks. But my last game was, like I said, up against Matt. He had wanted some Adepticon practice for the Wolfnet. And mm-hmm. so I built like i didn't build a full 350 i built built a 250 and we kind of played with that i also took my lirans roughly so uh, that was a good game he was taking clan goliath scorpion and we tied on king of the hill for that one mm, nice. uh, i was able to get onto the objective but he of course was just being skill three clans was able to shoot pretty much anything i put on the objective off yeah uh, i have never rolled worse in any of my games it's the worst i had like sixes to hit and i get one i was like yeah mm, mm, come on guys. better so i'll take that tie absolutely yeah. the wolf net is like kind of a 250 now isn't it they, they kind of added 50 points to what you take to the table yeah i guess that's inside game news so like the wolf net format has changed shifted a little bit shifted yeah. they are now you play with 250 points out of your 350 roster. So you still bring 350. You still bring 350, but you play okay. with 250 and a max of 10 units. And artillery is banned. You can use the off-map artillery, but no unit artillery. That's fair. I I, I, I get that, sort of. I'm an artillery lovey, lover, but... No, artillery is easy. No one's ever had to <laughs> read through those rules. Oh, I mean, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but it's just, it's nobody very complicated it and it's <laughs> nobody, nobody walks away happy from artillery. No sure, matter what. Sure. I, um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like artillery, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, very understandable. Very. Yeah. So he he had a dasher and that dasher got to live until like the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Okay. This yeah. is what it's like. <laughs> This is what it, that's why, yeah, anyways, those dashes, that's why I bring artillery. All right, um, what kind of games have you gotten in lately? Oh, yeah, I I got at least three games in since uh, since last we did this. I also played Matt, uh, but this was uh, classic, not not Alpha Strike. He's, uh, you know, I'm here to help people. So when he wants a little bit of experience uh, trying to tweak some lists for Adepticon, I'm, I'm here for you. Good sparring partner. 
Yep. Well, I was trying out some new stuff too. Ooh. Unfortunately <laughs> for him, but he was a very good sport about it. Uh, I decided to add the Crusader. Was it the nine BR uh, to my mm-hmm. roster? And that's the uh, that's the one with TSM and two claws and a bunch Ooh. of medium lasers. It was fantastic. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, turn turn one. I just fire everything and run. And with the XXL engine, it's a, it's a six heat for running. So go up, go up to nine heat. Turn two was the scary turn because I was just running out in the middle of the field. I had zero cover around this guy, and right. everybody fired at him. Uh-huh. And, and Matt Matt couldn't roll above a four Ooh. on anything. Yeah, That's so rough. on turn three, I took the head off of his uh, his pristine awesome. On turn four, I destroyed his Phoenix Hawk. On turn five, I took out his <laughs> Rifleman. And uh, at the end of that, his catapult's just like, I, I give, I surrender. I, I eject. Up. Yeah, because I had like I had taken no internal damage on any of my backs. And it just, it, I just got, I got so lucky that turn that he, that he missed everything. Because that, yeah, you know, that would have just ruined it all. So we both learned a little bit, but it was a lot of fun. So I took that lance again up against EJ the next week. He fared a little bit better. He had a he had a Daishi and a Goshawk, a Piranha, a nice fast Piranha, and some battle armor. And he went up against against that lance. I got lucky on turn three and got that Crusader next to his Goshawk. I needed nines to hit. Well, I needed nines to hit with everything, but I missed with all my lasers and. They poured so much fire into that Crusader, gave him two engine crits. It was it was bad, but I needed nines on the punches, left arm head, you know, got that twenty points to the head. Uh, nice. So took out the Goshawk, which was more BV than the than the Crusader, right? And then everybody else kind of converged on the on the Daishi. Uh, my spider uh, legged the Piranha, um, and Piranha is speed. So without any speed, mm-hmm. the, the Piranha is just like eh. Prana speed. His, Prana is dead. A leg yeah. piranha is just like you might as well just eject now, man. Like you, you don't have the range to prop up. Like, yeah, it's you're over. just waiting to die. It's it over, was man. it was a super close fight, and it, it went back and forth like multiple times. We had four people watching that match, okay. and, and yeah, it was just it was just one of those. Oh well, well you've lost now. Oh oh oh, he's lost now, and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. But. uh it, it was basically a rematch for his Dashi because the very first time I played him, I hit him for seven points in the head mm-hmm. on the Dashi, and then I and then I kicked him with my spider, and he failed his PSR, and he fell on his head. Oh no! And, and crushed his cockpit. So <laughs> it, was, it was you know a Dashi with with seven points of damage just crushed his cockpit, and it's all gone. Uh, this time the Dashi lasted till the very very end, and uh, it was it was super super close. But again. He failed a PSR and he fell in and double, uh, triple, triple critted his CT with the Dashi. Mm. But since he already had like a gyro hit, it was, that was it. Like there was no mathematical way of, of him taking three crits and not, and not just being dead. So you didn't make him roll it just, just for. Oh, no, we did. We did. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We did. But, but like you could see it in his eyes when it fell again and he rolled that 12 for the crits. He's just like, I can't, I can't do this. It was it was such a fun game, but the most fun game that I had this last cycle was again against Jason Hansa. He uh, was traveling up from from 
the north southern parts of North Carolina, and he stopped in oh, he for stopped a fight. In. Nice. He stopped in, and he's like, "Hey, I've got this uh, Northwind Highlanders uh, box set." So he just took that, and he made a 10k list. And I said, "I have the Great Death Legion box set. I will also make a 10k list." And we met on the field, and that was a brutal fight because they're all like assault mechs yeah. with you know, heavy. The Great Death had had a. Uh, uh, it has Shadowhawk. It had the mm-hmm. catapult with the extended range LRM. So the LRMs went out to thirty eight hexes. They're they're crazy. And then it had um, the Gladiator uh, with the rack with the rack twos. Mm. Oh man, what's the 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 Regent? The Regent with the, the Regent, uh, three yeah. ERPPCs with uh, with capacitors. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he had the Northwind Highlanders, so he had the the Gunslinger, the the um, uh, the Highlander, yeah, the Warhammer, and a Grasshopper uh, for jumping around and flanking, very, my which it did. Oh my goodness, very heavy. Yeah. So basically, I walk onto the field first turn. I immediately charge up my PPCs, and then as I do, I find a nice little spot on a hill in partial cover behind woods and park the Regent there. Shadowhawk goes out to 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 bother and flank. My catapult literally turn one steps up into a hill, never moves again because everything is in range with that 38, <laughs> 38 range on those LRMs. Oh, are they ELRMs or whatever? The ELRMs, thirty eight yeah. range. Mm. And then the uh, the gladiator just went out there and does what it does with rack twos. <laughs> are you talking is- about a? Gargoyle? I'm no. talking about a gargoyle. You got oh, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you you got it. I always get the in fact I did it multiple times during the match as I kept saying gladiator. He's like gargoyle. I'm like, yes, gargoyle. Okay, okay. Yeah, that sucker. I was confused. It it died of engine crits on like turn three. It it oh, did not. Okay. It it did nothing that whole game. Buddy. Nothing. <laughs> Buddy. nothing. Right. His grasshopper was the MVP. It did serious work. It absorbed so much damage. Also, the hill that my regent was standing behind, it must have taken 70, 80 points of damage. Easy. Nice. Easy. Nice. But unfortunately, when you get hit with uh, 60 points of PPC damage mm. from across the map multiple times, is because, uh, you know, uh, yep, supercharge the, or charge up, charge up the capacitors. And uh, well, he knocked, <laughs> he knocked my, um, the regent down once. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get up. I'm just going to charge my PPCs. And then I got up on next turn. Blow, 60 points, 60 more points on the on the Highlander. Is, is so, that literally like the, oh, no, call an ambulance. <laughs> up, was, but not for me. But not for me. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was, it, was, it was a bloody, hard-fought battle. The gunslinger got a, uh, got a Gauss rifle crit in his arm. And he only had 19 points of internal structure left on that, on that, uh, like the arm and torso combined. And the, the Gauss rifle does 20 points of internal damage. So XL engine, oh. it was gone from that. It was, it was so bad. The, the, the poor Highlander just, just devastated. It was Leave Brittany alone, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the, the, the Warhammer was coming up the, you know, he was something like like twelve hexes away, and I'm like, "Well, good, you're in short range for my catapult now." Uh, so just LRM after LRM after LRM. It was it was a mess. Yep, it was bloody. 
if he had if if he had not knocked my region over, it would have been a different game. Yeah, because he would have concentrated fire. I forced him to have to split fire among the other guys, and that was uh, that was the edge I needed for that one. It was super close, but it was fantastic. Picking on the authors, man. Picking I know, I know. I I look forward to the rematch because it's it's going to be good. So yeah, that's what I got. Uh, those were my three big games. Nice, Dustin. Did you get any games? Yeah, the last game I with Kurt. I played Kurt. He, he, we played straight out of the book because he's got bears and I'm trying out falcons this year. So I brought and I packed my books so I can't look at the cover of the book and remember the name of it. So yeah, we played the trial of possession out of a question of survival. I played G. Chisu and he played um, Emilio Hall and his forces. So he brought some ghost bear stuff and I brought nothing but assault mechs clan jade falcon assault mechs which even at fifteen thousand um battle value i st- i had to skill them up to five six pilots which is appropriate because they're washouts that's all that the falcons have left but even with five six pilots in clan mechs i couldn't bring the turkina i had to bring um a kraken which surprise i love 10 ac2s on a mech um an onager uh g chisu's uh, Gear Falcon, which I did skill down to two three, but yeah, we we fought that out. We didn't have enough time to really wrap it up, um, but I think I was on the back foot and I had a great narrative game. It was uh, a big silly fight. He brought a new Kodiak, the Rec Guide Kodiak with the coolant pods. Yes, that can put out like hundreds of points of damage. I don't think it's actually hundreds, but it sure felt like it. He alpha. Sh- did alpha strike with all the eight medium lasers and the, the you act 20 and yeah, two turns in a row and that hurt. He like savaged one of my assault mechs or two of them with that, but yeah, great game. Just f- starting to feel out some Jade Falcon chassis. Cause that's what I'm trying to do this year is some birds. Nice. Birds so, yeah. the word. Birds the word. So I, it was a while back now that I played that game, but yes, I did. That's that's your game's played. It counts. It does. So, and we saw Kurt. Kurt crawled out from under the uh, 30k rock, and have the K hole. It's the K hole. K hole. Yeah, you go. He crawled out of the K hole. I haven't played a game with Kurt since before COVID. <laughs> really, <laughs> but it's good. So it's like old times. It's been three years. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> but yeah, Kurt's that excellent was, as always. Yeah. All right, let's get some uh, upcoming events because we've got three, three that we just added to the BattleTech events calendar, Google Docs slash Google Sheets on the Discord show notes thing, and you can mm-hmm. catch it anytime. Uh, we've got BattleTech the Richmond Open, and that is May third through the fifth in Richmond, Virginia, and that is close. Yeah, that'll it's be close. classic. So you're not going to that one. I'll probably go. May's a weird month. May's a weird month. We'll see. Uh, we've got Brawl in the Bluegrass, and that's 8,000 BV. That's classic Battletech. That is in Lexington, Kentucky, and that is April 12th through the 14th. Representing classic. I like it. I know. And then we have Motor City Mayhem in Detroit, Michigan, May 18th, and that's 300 points Alpha Strike. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, so we got three events, and 
weirdly, I know all the three people that are running these events. So good luck to all you guys. Maybe I'll go to some of them. Maybe I'll try. But uh, yeah. All right. We got some fan mail. All right. Uh, Harluck wrote to us and Har- Harluck wrote a couple of things. I'm going to save some of them for next time. Okay. But the one thing was they wanted to know about the punch out mechs, like the little cardboard standy mm. punch outs. They were like, past Not and like present. Eject. We've taken too much damage. Punch out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hardy har har. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm here for. He's like, punch out mechs, past and present. Uh, are they tournament legal? Should Catalyst continue to produce them? And do they even play different than plastic? I, th- I think first off, we can say like they don't play different than plastic. Like they're the they're, same. They're they yeah. are a fully legal play. They're as legal as yeah. anything else. They are representations of the record sheet. Uh, yeah, I allow them in all in all the games that I run. I allow punch outs as mm-hmm. uh, as as valid mechs. I mean, part of me is like like my dream game is just really cool stylized like art stand-ins like. Like you pick your favorite artist almost like whatever style and you just whatever have that drawn and like put it on a standee like that. That's Oh, I would have I would have nothing but the Japanese variants of uh... <laughs> exactly. No, like that, yeah. that's the thing. It's like I can run anything in any style, any variant art. Like I can literally pick my favorite artist and their their version of it. And like, yeah, no, yeah. I would run standees any day. Actually, speaking of that, I, I do. I've got the Japanese box set. I could have my my Japanese Shadowhawk standee. Uh, I should go. I should start bringing that. It is it is super cool. See, you can pack up all your mechs, all your plastic, and you can play with cardboard until you move. Yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. Definitely. Uh, they ask how to protect them. I I still have my punch out mechs from my original box set from '86. I've never done anything to them. They're they're fine. I, I haven't done anything special to protect them, and especially the new ones. The new ones are, are a thick cardboard. Uh, this laminated. Thicker it's, than that 86 cardboard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're so thick. they should hold up. Yeah. Yeah. They're down with the I mean, thickness. just be gentle with them. Like, don't right, right. Don't, don't lick them. <laughs> don't dip them in any liquid or, or anything. Uh, the, the new ones are, are a little bit more water resistant than the old ones, but... Uh, but but even though I've spilled stuff on mine, they still work. Like, I, I have not <laughs> lost a single one. If you try to tear them in half, they're going to be torn in half, of course. Don't do not yeah. do that. But if you try and snap an arm off of a plastic mech, that's going to happen too. So as long as, long as you're not crazy with them, you don't have to do anything. They last They last a long time. Are they t- Alpha Strike. What do you guys think for Alpha Strike? Because they're skinnier, thinner. You, you can get some weird some some weird uh, line of sight things going on with those is that a is that an issue it's not an issue because distance is measured from the outside so you're Mm. consistent on that so they move technically the same amount and moving yes but if like they're behind a building damage receiving damage rear arc would be a little tricky that's a tricky but i will say this all damage is measured measured to the center so like it's not a you know how big your hex is it's a center thingy so the measurement portion does not change the right. can they get better terrain perhaps maybe maybe i mean as always it's going to be a question for your opponent it's going to be a question for your tournament organizer and um 
Yeah, I mean, are they tournament legal? That just that depends on your tournament. That right, depends exactly. on your TO. Every like, every tournament is ran differently. There is no tournament format for BattleTech. There's no official I will say a lot of not. like conventions are like, hey, if you have the option to run miniatures versus, you know, paperboard or whatever, they kind of like they prefer miniatures. Like Adepticon is like, hey, if you, this is a miniature option, run miniatures because yeah. we're a miniatures convention yeah yeah it's just up to your to um all right guys should catalyst continue to produce them yes i want catalyst to produce weird ones yeah i'm I'm like different artists different different artists like get weird like it's just paper you know it's just paper like it's cardboard I, i understand like there is a cost like there is a packaging there is a shipping like it is not a fully like free product but I could also be like, hey, if you produce Contio cardboards, like I wouldn't complain, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that reinforcements box has everything from the first Kickstarter, like everything. It's got the stone rhinos. Oh, it's got wow. the, it's, it's got all of those. Uh, if they do a reinforcements two for this Kickstarter, I will also be buying that box set. It just, it they, gives you hundreds of mechs. The one thing that, I guess they could do is they could make a silhouette size for small, medium, large and assault mechs. And then the die, the die cutting wouldn't have to be changed. And you could just change what you printed on the, you know, light, medium, heavy and assault mechs. Cause it'd all be the same silhouette size. You could put all kinds of illustrations inside the, the little standee. And then you wouldn't have to retool for a different die, die cut. You could do that too. I guess, but yeah, the sky's the limit. Keep on making them. Yeah, I, I'd like them to make more. Yep, I'll be They're the convenient. dissenter in the crowd though, and say that I always prefer my little plastic boys or metal boys, and I'm not going to not play with somebody who has, you know, just punch outs. But if I'm going to prefer playing a minis game with the, with the minis, so that's well, just me. Yeah, but but we, I'd rather play than not play. I'd rather of them course. play than not play. So same, I will always same. same. I will always allow uh, the cardboard standees in my games. Always, yeah. They're literally it comes with battlefield support combined arms tokens. So like, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the reinforcements box now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good box, it's especially good if box. you're on a budget. You know, my my only thing with the reinforcements box is it should have been different stuff like. Like, I understand that's what it is. It's like, hey, if you don't want the miniatures or if you don't, you only bought some miniatures, here's the punch outs for everything else. I'm like, everything. Yeah. I'm like multiples of every single mech from the Kickstarter. Like, give me the weird stuff. Give give me the things I don't own that I don't want to buy right now that I like. Yeah. That's just me. So should they keep making them? Sure. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see a reason to stop. Battletech is a board game. It's not just a miniatures game. I'm looking at the Battletech reinforcements. That's it. It's everything. It's a lot of it's, stuff. It's awesome. That's a lot of punch. That's a lot, that's a lot of cardboard. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else? That's it for me. All right. That's it. All right. Let's take a quick break and then get into our main subject of Order 66, Lord Time with Dustin. <laughs> 
your mech has reached the age where it doesn't back down from a challenge. This is the age of knowing how to make things happen, so why would you let something like Myomer dysfunction get in its way? Isn't it time to talk to your Aztec about Myomergra? 20 different Merc units already have. With every succession war comes responsibility, so ask your Aztec if your reactor is reinforced enough for deployment. Side effects for Myomergra can cause trigger lag, spontaneous coolant flushing, sensor ghost, and structure overheating. Seek immediate refit if your Myomer is at triple strength for more than four hours. Myomergra, it's time to take back your home planet. And we're back. So we had a request to talk about lore, even though we are a tabletop podcast 99.9% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I get it. Like we have a lot of new players in the last couple of years and a lot of them are like, hey, how do I get started in this? You know, where's my codec? I want, I want my codec. Yeah. What, what do codec. we call it? Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, there is a mountain, in it, a, a frankly frightening mountain of fluff and Battletech. So we're going to kind of take it back. We're going to hit our roots here a little bit. There might not be as much for our longtime listeners in this one. Um, but for those of us that are new and joining joining us and joining Battletech in the modern era, and you're looking to sink your teeth into that fluff, we're going to kind of break it down tonight. There's kind of some overarching categories of fluff in Battletech, and we'll kind of hit the highlights that, in our opinions, best represent those categories. And then we'll finish with some of our some of our favorite fluff moments. So we have to we have to define the problem. That's that's always rule one for the MechVay. Define mm-hmm. the problem. So we're going to say this. What is when we say lore? What do we mean? What do we mean? And that really is a, a real question for BattleTech lore. What do you mean by lore? So in its most pure and distilled elements, I think we could start with our novels and our magazine right now that's being published. Pure lore doesn't have rules in it, and the magazines break that that rule a little bit. So you really have to start with the novels. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I, if you're if you're trying to get into into what the universe is like, the, the novels are a great way to to get that that overarching feeling of of this this is where everything belongs. This is how it's laid out. This is this is what things mean and how people think, and that's why that's why we can be in three story tall giant robots is because yeah. because this is how the universe works. Uh, so I'll say like on your XY graph of Battletech lore, you might have like rules will be the Y graph and X, <laughs> X, the X axis will represent our lens. How focused are we on the universe? And our novels tend to be the most zoomed in you get. We're, t- we're dealing with characters, their conversations with each other, you know, classic novel stuff. Plots, hopefully character development, not guaranteed. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is English class. Um, yeah, we are we are a universe at war. Why are we at war? Well, this we is war? this is the why. Because they took my home planet. <laughs> so yeah, we'll 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 leave the uh, the shrapnel. We'll kind of end with shrapnel, but we'll we'll start on our proper novels. So there's some common entry points. I do want to say for novels, except for some very rare exceptions, they are not meant to be consumed in chronological order, either by published date or by in-universe date. They are all, as I said, with some very rare exceptions, they are all standalone. If you're getting into a trilogy, obviously that's going to be a trilogy, but, but that'll be obvious. There's only a couple of those 
the Warrior Trilogy, Great F Legion Trilogy, the first and the second one. Outside of that, there are going to be bits from other parts of the universe that tie in if you're reading more and more of the fluff, but you, you don't have to start in any kind of order. But I think we will start with the first books, not in universe dates, but in published date. And that is the Grey Death Legion trilogy. You're looking at me. I totally agree. Uh, Grey Death Legion is a fantastic starting point. It's, I'm not going to say it's the best written books in the world, but mm-hmm. but it is where it all began. You you will be able to tell if you're going to like reading BattleTech books if you enjoy the Grey Death Legion trilogy. Definitely hits all the. It just hits all the numbers. It's, it hits the marks for sure. Yeah. Now you, now I feel a little angry. That was not what I was told. I didn't enjoy oh, really? my first one. Yeah. What were you told? I was told Wolves on the Border, and I was like, this is oh. bad. And this, oh. this this instilled a long-term hatred for anything Wolves Dragoon <laughs> related. Interesting. Like, interesting. Yeah. Um, Dustin, Dustin's literally putting like multiple like brain plots. And it's like, this explains a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. The I, I will say, just a warning for the Grey Death Legion trilogy, its target audience is a 15-year-old boy from 19... 19- <laughs> 89. So yeah. you're going to catch some of that. It is a book of its era. But yeah, like Denon said, it is quintessential Battletech novel. It is mostly the formula that we're working with. It is a staple of the genre fiction that is Battletech fiction. It sets the stage for so many things. Up next, if we're ready to move on from there, I have another recommendation for entry points into the novels. So we have the Warrior Trilogy. Definitely setting up the clan invasion era, some major players, the big, I don't know, feud, would you call it, between Phelan Kell and Vlad Ward, and just, yeah, setting up 2K id. Any comments on the Warrior trilogy? Loved it. Like, loved it a lot. It is is a great one to follow the Grey Death with. Yeah. I personally enjoyed the Grey Death, or sorry, the Warrior trilogy a little bit more than the Grey Death Legion trilogy. And before we go to Shrapnel, if you're new to Battletech and you're like, I, what the hell is the clan invasion? And I don't even know who the Great Death Legion is. I go to my local game store and I play the Ill Clan era because it's 2024. How do I get into the most modern era, the Ill Clan era through novels? There's Hour of the Wolf. which was the premier Ill Clan. It is the novel about the battle for Terra. It is a big novel. It's grueling, intentionally written to be grueling, but it does set up kind of the setting of the stage for the whole era that we are in right now, which is the Ill Clan era. Right. Um, so a great entry into modern Battletech fiction. Right. You definitely don't have to read other books before it, um, but you know, we, we have a recommendations of our favorites. Um, I think the, as we're talking about the Grey Death Legion, I think it is the great-grandchildren or the grandchildren. I think it's I the great it's grandchildren. grandchildren but grandchildren? I think it's uh, grandchildren. Grace and Death Carlisle's descendants have a new trilogy. Um, these are kind of shorter novellas that kind of got put together. I'm pretty sure they got recently wrapped up um, yep. into a trilogy. But there's the new Grey Death Legion omnibus. Now. Yeah, the, the the characters from those from those books are who I was playing against Jason Hansa in that that game yeah. that I played. And yeah. speaking of Jason Hansa, I'm pretty sure I'm not misquoting him when I 
heard him say that his recommendation to get readers into the Ill Clan era is to read Question of Survival, which we just did a couple months ago in Book Club. Excellent uh, novel from the point of view of what's left of the Jade Falcons. Some pretty groundbreaking stuff in the Ghost Bears Dominion. Things are happening in the Ghost Bear Dominion. It's getting wild out there. Uh, but another really good, solid read. Okay. Well, if we're talking about Jade Falcon, though, going way back, because mm-hmm. uh, you just kept going before I could. In, in oh, my, my bad. I, yeah. I said the Warrior Trilogy was a great one to read after the Great Death Trilogy. That's not what I read next, though. I agree that that one probably would have been the best one for me to read. But I read the Jade Phoenix Trilogy right after Great Death. And if you want to know anything about the clans, that really, really digs into this is clan society. This is how it works. And therefore, whenever you read another book that talks about the clans, you have this image in your head of, oh, it's them. And it's It's uh, those people. Yeah, that that trilogy was was a very good intro to clans for sure. Nice. I've not read that one yet. I should. Oh, you should. I should. Um, Yeah. Because yes, the Warrior Trilogy is a inner sphere um, slash clan perspective trilogy, mm-hmm. and so you're saying this is all is that this is all um, clan? Is this Pride? Yep, this is Pride. Okay, okay. I've heard a lot about them. Aiden, Aiden Pride, yep. Aiden Pride. Okay. Yeah, definitely yeah. read that one. So moving away from pure fluff, books with literally no rules in it. There's a tiny bit of technical readouts and there's a little bit of rules sprinkled in, but it's still a a lot of bite size short stories from all across the eras. It's a magazine publication. It is easy reading. Um, The stories are from a big variety of authors and I really recommend all the shrapnels. Yep. There's some double features, some shrapnels that claim to be the bigger. I think shrapnel 10 was one of them. Maybe shrapnel 14 was one of them. Yep. But yeah, those shrapnel is great. I love the shrapnels. It's print on demands. They're like 14 bucks. Yep. You can get them on PDF or you can get the print on demand. I prefer the print on demand, but I will, I will read the, I will read them on my Kindle anytime. I'm a POD fanatic. You can take the same number of pages. This might just be me, but you could take 400 pages of novellas stuck together and you could take a 400 page novel and I will just chew through the novellas. And I'll be like, man, that 400-page novel is a slog. Um, so yeah, if, if little bits of fiction broken up is better for you, definitely recommend Shrapnel. It's going to hit all the eras. If you really like a particular Shrapnel story, it'll tell you what era it's from. And typically, you can kind of punch some of those keywords into Sarna, and you can find the larger books from those time periods generally because most of the not all of the shrapnel stories but the bulk of them are just filling in little bits that happened around larger narratives in the universe i would say at least 50 percent of them are uh the other 50 percent are just one-offs i think that's pretty much it those are some great places to start with just pure distilled fluff and it, it's real zoomed in you're gonna get characters you're gonna get individual personalities and story arcs and I think if we take the the lens and we zoom it out on our x-axis a little bit, uh, we're going to hit kind of an oppressive amount of fiction because we're getting into our source books, our error reports, our technical readouts. And for me, when I was coming into the hobby, I could look at novels and I'd be like, cool, novel's a novel. Thanks to Mech Bay Podcast, you mansplained novels to me. But I don't know the difference between a field report, an error report, 
a field manual. Um, so like, this will be the bulk of it. Let's break these down. And I think we should start with my favorites from when I was a child, the technical readouts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for sure. The technical readouts are what got me interested in specific mech chassis because, you know, what do they do? They, they give you, um, here are, are the common mech chassis of this era. And then it talks about, uh, it has a lot of fluff text in there. So mm-hmm. it talks about where it was developed, why it was designed, what role it was supposed to, to, to provide, um, any quirks or stories about it are also in there. And then it talks about notable variants of that chassis. And then it talks about notable pilots of that chassis. And then on the next page, it's all the actual technical data that you would copy down onto a record sheet. Oh, all that sweet, sweet. And and we're talking, it's telling you which brand of engine and laser. It's beautiful. And you can punch all that stuff in the Sarna and it's all been aggregated. And it is just such a deep depth. I, I will say the technical readouts are the, it's the deep dive on the other characters. General Motors still makes mechs. They do. And the other characters are big, stompy robots. We got the people inside of them because they're mechs, not robots. And technically, uh, and and we have the the robots themselves. So technical readouts just get into the nitty gritty. They got great illustrations. If you're a very distracted, possibly a diagnosed ADHD kid in fourth grade, you're going to be drawing these Mm -hmm. um, instead of paying attention to the math section of class. The, the illustrations are great. Ha- leaving these around your house strategically will definitely get the next generation introduced into Battletech of little, mostly boys. Could not agree more. And actually, my, my daughter likes, likes oh, Battletech really? more than my son, for sure. They, they both play. They both play. But she will actually come up and ask me questions in her own time. So Now, technical readouts do come packaged in time. They're very timeline Um, centric. So if you're interested in a specific era of Battletech, you're going to want to look for that era's technical readout. There might be more than one of them. Generally, the era is included in the title, right? There there are only a few in current publication right now that you can, that you can still order, but it's, it's your normal eras. It's the succession wars is one of those eras, which is a a great place to start. It's all the, the intro tech type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, TRO 3039 is a great uh, Succession Wars era. I think that one is still in publication. You can get the PDF, but you cannot buy it. Okay. But um, for hard copies it. like you like? Um, no, I, I picked one yeah. up when I... F- 2018. I don't think those are around anymore. Right. But, but the ones that are in publication would be Succession Wars, The Golden Century, The Jihad, uh, The Dark Age, The Clan Invasion, and then The Ill Clan Red Guides. Yeah, uh, which are currently being put together into like big volumes, two volumes. yeah two volumes the the one the only one that's out right now is classics yep yeah they're the the redo the remakes of the succession war ones but in in the ill clan technology mm-hmm. uh and then the new one will come out later this year except they're making new records so there's <laughs> a little there's a little asterisk on that hey um, i'm happy about volume three coming out i'm excited I don't think there's much else to say about technical readouts. That's really it. You just get the mech. You get little fluff bits on. Right. If you like fluff with your mechs, if you like to know, like if you name your car, you want to read technical readouts when you're playing (laughs) playing Battletech. That's what you want. So technical readouts, I feel like that's maybe the last real defined category. You got fiction, you got magazine, you got technical readouts. And now we have an umbrella term 
and that's source books. Now, now remember, Dustin, this game is 40 years old this year. There is just an insane amount of information out there. Some in print, some not in print, some like reference. This is a really intimidating section for sure. Super intimidating. So we here are going to try to break it down for you. I I think we can make some recommendations because source books are sources and they're going to help you source your games because we've got fluff. We've got our technical readouts. We zoomed out the lens a little bit. Source books, I will say on our x-axis of zoominess are probably the most zoomed out. We're going to start getting into general movements of brigades. Large battles for planets are going to be in source books. Uh, T-O-N-E's table of equipments. An organization. An organization for- Organization and equipment, yeah. Yeah, organization for regiments. Um, You're going to find this kind of stuff. You're going to find arrows on maps. You're going to find those in source books. Basically, Um, all all the stuff that you read about in novels, this is that distilled into something that will make sense to you for- for the universe. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to know more about this planet or this character instead of reading another novel, you can just go look it up. It's like the, you know, an encyclopedia that you can go look up information about uh, people, places, uh, weapon systems. Yeah. You know, how far away is this planet from this planet? Source books will tell you. So are there, are there any, are there any easily defined, if, if I'm a new player and I'm, I'm coming to the fluff and maybe I've picked out an era that I'm interested in, um, clan invasion or jin, not jihad, dark age, um, ill clan. We don't talk about the jihad around here. Uh, succession wars. And there are jihad source books. They are. There are. Um, oh, oh. We, I read through them for my fluff and lore. Right, but the problem. Well, we won't get into that because yeah, because the problem is, wow, is it, wow the one canon. the one comment that has been passed, like the one question that has been, it's like <laughs> no, we're gonna ignore Josh's thing. You know, okay. <laughs> do you want to talk about jihad source books? Because it's all opinion; it's not canon. What did you What did you get out of the jihad source books? I got a better understanding of what was going on, like as a whole. Like not, you can read the wikis and all that and be like, oh, this is what they did. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is a like one paragraph quote from like a trooper on the dropship, like going to the thing. Like here's a reporter embedded on the warship going to the battle. Like, and then like the technical, like, all right, 12 ships deployed, blah, blah, blah. Um, Battles on them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like it, it gave me, the big picture and then it went little picture and then went back to big picture and it, it was a, it was not great to read but it was like okay if if that's all i have then that's all i have well i think what you're hitting on is is definitely true for for just about all of the source books when i was talking about the the lens and how zoomed out we are the source books do kind of they do come back down right to the individual character they might mo- they might be a field reporter or just a dude from a regiment or something, but we do get excerpts. We get blurbs that really try to tie that back down to the individual person and what they're doing. And in between kind of inner, like literally in the ledger notes, right. Or on the sides, 
and the jihad source books aren't that much different than the rest of the source books where we do get kind of an eclectic set of perspectives on the fluff, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. So it's so, it's so much though. It's so, it's so almost, much. it's almost better to go to Sarna.net, type mm-hmm. in the era that, that, uh, that you're interested in and start getting the information there. And then when you're really interested in, in an era or, or a specific zone, then look at the footnotes and see which like which source book that they got their information mm. from and read that. Find the source book you want in the footnotes of the article that you're interested in on Sarna. That's mm. that's almost the better way to go. I'll actually say that like for source books and stuff, that's where I start not liking lore for Battletech. Yeah. Like, I think like, that's totally fair. Like that that is actually what turns me off of Battletech lore in general is Technical readouts, I can understand. That's where you break down like units, you, you like mech, tank, battle armor. Like this is this new p- thing. This is what it does. Here's a cool little blurb. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then source books, I'm like, do that in a novel. Like, why am I getting this? <laughs> well, it's and here's and here's why. Here, here's why. It's if if you're going to run an RPG game and you want your players to be in a specific era, you you have to know what's going on politically, geopolitically. You mm-hmm. have to you have to know what's happening in the entire universe to have the the characters react to things or or how like how factions will react to what your characters are doing. And a source book is is the best source for that sort of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who who just live off of that that sort of level of detail. Yeah, I, I will say, and, and this is just a me thing, because I've been told on this podcast that people like maps with arrows on them very much, which I was surprised because I hate maps with arrows on them. Uh, <laughs> the source books, I, I like Denim's idea about if you've got your group together and you're like, oh, we're playing 3060, um, the Civil War is about to break out. Let me read. Let me put in these different names in the Sarna and check out these source books and maybe skim a little bit and pick up a PDF there or something. I do think maybe an easier way to approach the question, what is the best place to enter into source books, is to maybe talk about our favorites. Because I definitely have a favorite um, set of source books, and that is the error reports. So there is error report 3052, error report 3062, error report 3145. Um, you can kind of pick a error and you can pick up an error report. And what are you going to get in the error report? You are going to get the major events of that era. You are going to get the major characters and players, the big names of that era. And not only do you get that, in the back of the book, if you're new to running campaigns, be it in Alpha Strike or Classic Battletech, using the Chaos Campaign slash War Chess system, there are campaign tracks. It is really a game master's like handbook yeah. through and through. Yeah. I, I cannot recommend the error reports enough. They're my favorite source books. And you only it's listed all. a couple of them. There are a lot of them. There, there are, are a lot there, of them. There are a lot of them. There's... There's a Star League one. There's, There's a 2750. Probably a Jihad one. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there, there are. There's but yeah, that's 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 my favorite. The the new rotation, Tomorrow Rising and Empire Alone or whatever. You know, they sit on my shelf a, a lot. But the I, I bought those error report 
you know, 3052. I'm trying to run a clan invasion campaign back in the day when I don't know what I'm doing. I printed out that PDF and hole punched it and put it in a three ring binder. And that held my hand and got me through it. It was, it was fantastic. There are failed manuals and field reports. Failed manuals? Field? Failed? Field. Field. Um, these kind of cover more factions. They they are sort of era specific, but they are more faction specific as well. Yeah. Um, so if you like the Free Worlds League, you can pick up the old Free Worlds League handbook. Right. That field manual that I've got for the Draconis Combine is like a lot of my books are in near pristine condition. That is not. That has been flipped through a whole lot. Uh, it is. It has been loved and used constantly. So it sounds like you like the those. Yeah. And Josh, you already said that you, this is kind of where it falls apart for you. Yeah. 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 I've, I've like, I've tried reading like, cause I was interested in like age of war. The only, like there's no age of war real source book for that. Like I have to go to error reports and like, there's mm-hmm. really two of them and then stuff like that. And I was like, this is okay. Like, but I, I have to power through, like, this is not easy, fun reading. It's not narrative. And yeah. it's not even like the, I'd say good kind of narrative. It's definitely um, disjointed. And yeah. it, with the, with those kinds of source books, what I find myself doing, I, I just kind of, I'm browsing through them and I'm like, oh, look at that. It's the eighth versus the eighth. Here's the eighth Regulan Hussars and the eighth whatever. And they met up and that kind of like springs a little idea. And I'm like, oh, I want to paint you know this force and I want to put them on the table or something like that. So I, I, I get little narrative nuggets from source books, except for the error reports. Those are, so they're, they're like little coffee. They're, they're for me, really, they're like coffee table books, um, inspiration stuff. I'm going to thumb through them. You don't have to read them cover to cover, you know? Right. You're, exactly. Yeah. You really don't. Um, so those are the most like amorphous and ambiguous, probably voluminous, voluminous. Is that a word? There's a, there's a, <laughs> it is now. There's a metric Kerensky load of source books and field manuals, field reports, handbooks, hotspots, shattered fortress, tomorrow. It just endless. Um, you're kind of on your own with that one. Like I said, I recommend error reports for a, for a campaign. We've got video games down here. Does anybody, anybody want to talk about video games? Cause those are fluffy. Dude, they are. I like, I played them all. Like every single one of them started with mech, uh, mech warrior one. The outline mechs. It was it was a 3D game. It, it was rough. It was it was made before a mouse was a was a normal Standard attachment issue. for your. For, yeah, it was it was meant to be played with keyboard alone. Um, I I had fun with that, but I think the one that I really really liked was Crescent Hawks Inception, um, which is a it's an RPG uh, top down. That one you really get to to learn about the universe itself. But yeah, there's a whole lot of video games. I know that uh, Josh and I both enjoyed the Mech Commander series one and two. I mean, that's when I got in, so I, I probably know more about the Civil War era just because like that was what was the new era, and mm-hmm. there was a video game for it, so I know about that. Like, can't really think about BattleTech without thinking about you know, Davians fighting Lyrans. Like, that's just normal to me. Just, uh, <laughs> that's just what it was. Yeah, I will say I wouldn't say that video games are the best at lore but they are easy digest yeah. for the lore like hbs doesn't dump you in like here's you know five novels you have to read first they're like no 
you're in a mech, go kill things. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And then they have like the hover tooltip and it's like, what's a great house? Then you hover over That's that. That's true. And, and it's like a little right. paragraph and you're like, oh, uh, you eat that and then you move on, fight some more yeah. things. It's like, what's an HPG? Hover over that tooltip. Oh, it's Hyperpulse Generator. They give you as much information as you want. But if yeah. you don't want, then you don't hover and you don't get it. So, yeah. So. HBS Battletech is really deep and good for that. What, what would you say? Well, they have a whole source book for it. What, what would you say is like, I'm not an authority on this because frankly, I, the, the lore bounced off of my 12 year old head. I played MechWarrior 4 Vengeance and like looking back, I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And I don't remember any of it, but it was the Davians and it was the the whole lead it, up. It assumes this. that you have read books leading up to that is the yeah. thing. It references things, but it never spells it out. Oh, okay. But so, then again, these book these games also were back in the time where they came with manuals. You know, games these days don't mm-hmm. come with a manual and they expected you to read it. And there's a lot of history in there, but it was still a condensed form. You're you're still expected to know who these are from other sources. Video games, lore, MechWarrior 5, Mercs, does have a ticker based on the time. Um, you will get highlights, news blasts from the Inner Sphere. The, the game storyline itself is probably one of the weaker in the uh, intellectual properties. <laughs> I mean... The, they definitely I'm, stretched and like <laughs> twisted the lore. They They were like... There's a hole here. We can shove a game in. Was not mech shaped in general. Yeah. <laughs> they massaged that. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great game. It's fun. Um, lore wise, a little on the weak side. They do have the the like ticker tape for the uh, the news events in the inner sphere. Yeah. So if you pay attention to that, and um, you can digest some BattleTech fluff that way. The other kind of pitfall or pothole, landmine, whatever of the uh the video games is a lot of it is non-canonical canonical a lot of it's apocryphal i th- i think the mech warrior 4 hellhound what was that mech that cool mech that just only recently like 15 years later got turned into an actual um uh, catalyst game labs it's a hellhound right uh. anyways um that that is a that's kind of a pitfall with the video games. So you might be getting some apocryphal content. It's a little weak in my opinion yeah. on the but games on the are fun. Stuff. Video games are fun. You get to, you get to feel how, how the mech is sort of, sort of, uh, there's some disconnect between the lore wise, how a mech operates and how it operates as a video game, because mm-hmm. we don't have neural helmets. We can't hook it into our internal balancing system to, to really sync that up with the gyro. So it's fun to go out there and blow things up, but it's not really how I imagine a mech moves in real life. Real life in quotes. Yeah, yeah. My real life. In fiction. In but universe. I like them all. I've played all of the games. So you like fluff, start in one of those places. Yeah. Um, based on the needs of you and your play group, uh, those are some of our favorites, some of our highlights, some of our best titles, some of our best ports of entry. Now, I did say we'd have a little something there at the end for those of us who are already familiar with all the fluff and all this. We've read every book. Um, So let's maybe go over some of our favorite fluff. Have a little fun here. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to start us off, Dustin? I've I've got one or two myself. Yeah. 
So I have, when you asked me for some of my favorite highlights from Battletech Fiction, I asked myself that in preparation for this episode and two immediately jumped to my mind. So we have Sarah McEvity and Nikki K. Nicholas Kerensky, big bad loser son, um, standing on the bridge of, I think, a warship or something like that. This this vignette, this moment, really distills the the beginnings of solid clan culture and just how they settle their uh, differences of opinion. Because Sarah McEvity and Nicholas Currency um, have very different opinions, and they're 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 just chatting it out like two people that really don't like each other, and um, they're like, "We're about to settle this." on the field of battle. It yeah. is badass. Yeah. It's so badass. Um, and that's how the clanners do it. It's just like, Oh, you think you're a big boy? Let's go see who survives. And that's the winner of the argument. Uh, another one is Obadiah, Jake Chawla, um, from the chaos of regulars doing defense for a mech. I think Merrick mech company doing secret research and, People are infiltrating. They're trying to dig up this research. Uh, the research is uh, Goss rifles with different kinds of ammunition. And he ends up in a mech, in an experimental mech, immediately behind a different experimental mech that tries to use its experimental Goss cannon and explodes violently. And yeah. he's like, you know what? Maybe I won't use that. <laughs> and um, it's just really funny. It really puts you in the in the command couch, in the neuro helmet, so to speak. Really one of those visceral, awesome moments from Battletech fiction. The camera lens is zoomed all the way in. You're just riding in the uh, along with this character. So another highlight for me. Um, and I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. And those are my two. Does anything you know? Any any great highlights for you guys come to mind? I mean, yeah. There, there's like the the classic. Uh, I believe uh, when the clan mechs were first found. You know, they were. Nobody knew what they were, and that that one point where where the target computer is like, uh, there's a marauder, or a catapult, a marauder, and it just freaked out and said Mad Cat, and that's mm-hmm. where we got the name for the Timberwolf for the Inner Sphere. It was one of my favorite moments in, in any book. Phelan um, Kell and his yeah. uh, Wolfhound. Wolfhound, yep. Uh, and then the other one that I that just that I just remember. Kai, oh, I guess the author just told me that it's pronounced K. K. Allard Liao over on on Twycross, where mm-hmm. where he's like he's standing at this pass. Um, Twycross, yeah, it's it's on Twycross, but it's at that certain pass. Uh, he, he's at this pass, the gash, the and, gash. and he's like, "I am K. Allard Liao. I am killer of men. You know, this pass is mine to ward." Uh, and he just challenges everyone. Like his his uh, his hatchet man doesn't have doesn't have an auto cannon anymore. It it most of his lasers are gone. And he's just like I have this this club. I'm gonna beat you to death. Either one of you like like I challenge you. Come at me one at a time. Come at me all at once. I don't care. I'm gonna take you all down. And he just stood there and just just every mech that came by or elemental, he was just just smashing them. There's more to that story, so you should definitely read that book. But uh, mm-hmm. but just just him standing there making that quote was fantastic. 
And the clanners are into that kind of stuff. They're oh, like, they really are. It, it, don't threaten it, me with a good time. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his tactic worked, and it was it was fantastic. Josh, when I ask you about steamy BattleTech fiction, what comes to your mind first? To my mind first, that's a tough one. I know what's on it recently, which is thinking about warships in orbit. Like, like I said, I just finished Isle of the Blessed, and like I still can't get over like. Oh, there are warships in orbit that if you fight too big of a battle for too long, they will just shoot you. So like everything is on a, you know, razor's edge of we have to fight it and then we have to run. Like that kind of is something you don't think about in Battletech. Like mm-hmm. there are the other air supports, the space support. So Yeah. Uh, the big assets floating in the sky. It was real cool to like Davian and his battle master is like literally running like Mr. Hans. It's not Hans because it's it's Jihad. He's oh, oh, is it Julian at that point? Julian uh, Davian? I don't know. I just too I, many Davians. I was just gonna say Davian. <laughs> you have no idea. You, you, you read some of the, you read some of those source books. There's no idea. They're all Davians. <laughs> Everyone's a Davian. Um, Everyone's a Davian. But no, and he's having to run across like a bunch of fields to a cover because the warship in orbit will pick up his thermal signature. Like if, if he's not near anything and like a farmer like lights his field on fire to like Hide put it. a thermal bloom. So the warship can't see it. Like, Oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. So it, it's little stuff like that. It's not like any one lore moment. It's all the little things that add up in the lore. For me. So many, so many awesome bits. I'm, I'm there for the moments, not the, not the, the masterpiece painting kind of thing. Yeah. I'm there for the brush stroke. See, so what do you say, Dustin? There's a, there's a lot of ways to get into the game. And unfortunately there's, there's too much to just say here, you know, here's the list. One, two, three, four, five. There is no, mm-hmm. there's no, just, just cut and dry, easy yeah. list. And, and I, I advise even against that. Uh, there are, there are resources out there. There are places to start. We hit some of them tonight. Take a little bite, you know, get a book here or there. See if it's the kind of fluff that you're interested in. And if it's not, you can shift gears. There's yeah. other kinds. So there's something for everyone. Well, that's it for us tonight. Mech Warriors, thanks for listening. Hope we have some useful information in this one tonight. As always, thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook at the Met. Bay podcast. Um, you can also find us on our Discord, hang out with us on the daily, chit chat with us. Link for that's on the Facebook page too, right? Yes. Okay, excellent. Send us questions, hate mail, comments, concerns at the Mech Bay podcast at gmail.com. We have an Instagram this day where we post photos from our trips to Canopus Space. And thanks to your support, we finally completed our collection of Martell medium lasers from every major conflict region from the past 200 years. Nice. And we'll have the museum up and running soon. Thanks for listening.